That was a couple of highlights from last year. And we got probably a couple of highlights for next year. Um, I know of at least two people, two ladies in the church that are pregnant right now. So the baby boom keeps going on. I guess it doesn't stop. I, you know, when we've been coming here a little over five years, and uh, I, I accused Dennis of before we started attending here that he preached a message on fertility. You know, because it certainly seemed like there was, um, you know, ever since we've been here, there's been one baby born after another. But anyways, so, but, um, and there's probably some prayer requests that you can, you know, that you can keep in mind. You know, our giving this year hasn't been quite up to snuff. Um, just ask Sue, the keeper of the books. Um, and uh, so, you know, if you put it on your, on your hearts to maybe... Um, I'm putting a plug in, Dennis, um, to dig a little deeper, um, you know, this year. Um, and we, again, pray that, uh, you know, that we'll have some additions to the um, congregation. And But the most important thing, I believe, is relationships. You know, that we, tend, that we as, a, as a church family, that we tend to grow closer together. Um, I wasn't going to do this, but Cameron, could you come up? Last year, after I had my knee done, it was probably about a month after I had had it done, um, my wife had been here to one of the testimony nights for the ladies. Well, anyways, her mom handed a, a handmade get well card to my wife to bring home to me I won't say what's in it because it was kind of personal between the two of us you know I read the thing and I didn't know whether to cry or laugh because she had some funny things in there and she had some serious things in there but um, you know I just thought I guess you were about you were 11 at the time right yeah, yeah she was 11 years old girl thought of a 76 year old man and wrote a handwritten you know get well card to me and I certainly appreciate that and whoops I fell apart can you put me back together come on Dennis I'm glad you're here you didn't take off okay there we go and so anyways it was just a blessing that uh, that she's come into my life and uh, we just started talking the fall before, and uh, just some things between her and I about relationships. And that's why I kind of called her up, because it's a relationship that has grown over the year with an older man and a young girl. And I certainly appreciate Cameron. Thank you. And there's one other thing, too, that I've, I've got this morning and I'm going to come over here because I want to stand in front of him um, Matt the Lord's been uh, speaking to me about you okay um, 2019 there's going to be some big things happen in your life okay that's one of them okay um, yes mom and dad have a lot of influence in it, but you're going to have a special influence because you're the uncle, okay? You don't have to beat on them or 
you know, you, know, you, know, you, you can spoil them and everything like that, you know. And so you're going to have a, you're going to have a, over the years, you're going to have a special influence on those two kids, okay? So that you want to take serious, okay? Um, but there's going to be other changes in your life. A lot, of the, a lot of what I'm telling you probably was personal, but the end results will in, in, uh, include the whole congregation, okay? But it, there's going to be some big things happen in your personal life this year. But more than that, I believe it's going to be in the church. He's going to use you in, in Oasis. Okay, I don't know specifically what it is, but you want to keep your eyes on the Lord and study his word, okay, so that what, he, what he's going to have for you, you'll be prepared for it, okay? So be, be, be ready for what he's going to show to you um, in 2019, okay? God bless you. Okay, I guess I got all that stuff out of the way. Now we can get into the what I'm going to speak about this morning. Um, first, we have a couple of stories in the New Testament um, that um, at first you won't, you'll say, what did he say? What did he bring those up for? They have nothing to do with what he's ultimately going to speak about. But I think once, you, once we get to the point in the story of what I'm going to speak about, you'll see where this fits. The first one is in Luke 12, 13 to 21. We don't have it up here, and I'm not going to read the whole thing. But it's the story of the rich fool. I don't know whether you remember that or not. But anyways, it's about this guy. He's got loads of money, and he has a good year, okay? His barns are not big enough to hold what his crops are produced. So he's going to be build bigger barns, okay? Well, he's already rich. He doesn't need anything more. So why is he building bigger barns? Because at the end of the story, it tells that he's going to, you know, eat, drink, and be merry and have a, have a you know, a happy, happy-go-lucky time. And, you know, a couple things occurred to me when I was looking at that. I'm sure in the day and age where he lived, there was probably people like we have today that are homeless, that don't know where their next meal is coming, coming from. Um, why couldn't he have maybe taken some of it and given it away? He was all, apparently, he was already a rich man in the story, so why did he need more? And probably a little word called greed okay? Um, but as the story goes on to the end of the story, what does it say? Je- in Jesus, you know, in the, in the end of the story, it says that night his soul was going to be required of him. So in the end results, what did all the stuff he had mattered at all to him? He was going to lose it anyways. And, and, you know, the old saying, you've, you've heard the old saying about the hearse going down the street. There's not a U-Haul, a trailer behind it, carrying all, all the little toys along with them. So, so that he ended up, he had everything, but he lost everything. But there's one thing that he missed out on. He missed out on his, his soul, eternity, because 
He did not have a relationship with Jesus. We go to another story, which is very, um, you'll all know it, the prodigal son. You know, he took his father's wealth, he squandered it. And fortunately, in his case, he came to his senses. By the time it, it, was, it was too late, far as he'd squandered everything, but far as his, far as his um, coming back to his dad and confessing to his father, he did not miss that. So we'll get, now we'll get to the, to the, the actual story. In, um, Dana, could you put, uh, let's see, Ethan, could you put the scripture up on there? Let's read it. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, reap, or store away in barns, yet the heavenly Father feeds them. Are you much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add one single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See the flowers of the field of the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, thrown in the fire, will he much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry, saying, What we shall eat, what we shall drink, or what we shall wear, for the pagans run after these things. But your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Isn't that last line true? It can be true in every one of our lives, but we'll get that out later on. Actually, the, the, the substance of the, the, the verses here, you would think it's wor- about worry. But really, there's something deeper than just worry. Because if you trust God, you don't have to worry. So I think the essence of the story is about trust, not about worry. But also the fact that in there that um, it says about, you know, what you'll eat, drink, or your body, what you'll wear, and so forth and so on. You know, those are the daily needs of life. Um, we all need food. We all need something to drink. We all need something to, some clothes to wear. So as you go down in the story, it, it uh, tells us the fact that we, don't, we should not worry about those because God knows what you need before you need it. And, I mean, there's, there's many examples that I could give in Peggy in my life over 30, almost, let's see, how many years is it now? 
almost 37. I have to remember it because I just turned 77 the other day, and we got married when I was 40. Um, It's amazing in our lifetime how many different situations that the Lord took care of before we ever knew that we really needed taken care of. Um, We've never lacked food in our household. We've never lacked a clothes on our back. We've never lacked for anything to drink. In fact, he's been more than faithful. By the time I retired at 65, we had our house paid off. Um, just, just one example. Um, you know, so God, God is good in all areas of our life. Okay? So we go to the next verse. Look at the, the birds of the air. They do not reap or sow or store in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you much more valuable than they? If you look at the story of creation, what was the last thing created? You and me. Okay? And and. When after, after Adam and Eve was created, who named all the animals? Adam. Okay? So, so the thing of it is, is you know, he, God trusted Adam with a, a huge amount of responsibility of naming all the animals. And so thus, this has gone down to all the ages to us that he's taken care of all the provided for people all the way to, to, to where we are today. And God's goodness falls on the good, the just, and the unjust, too. Um, you know, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. So that, that we, as believers, we should, we should count our blessings every day because God takes care of us. And we know that he takes care of us. The people out in the world don't. And, and they're lacking that knowledge that they don't understand that God's taken care of them because of us. Okay, I've got to turn to the scripture here. Okay. Let's see. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Hmm. In uh, Psalm 39, uh, verse 4 and 5, it reads, Show me, O Lord, my life and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting is my life. You have known my days a mere handbreadth. That's the width of a hand. And the span of my years is as nothing before you. Each man's life is but a breath that's how short of our life it is in, 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 in relation to eternity. So that, as it says there, how can we add anything to our life? God knows our lifespan. Um, if you look at what it says about three score and ten, I've exceeded that already. Okay? I've made it past it. Um, my dad didn't. My mom did. But um, he's been gracious to me. 
Um, and uh, so I don't know how many more years he's got. I've asked him that he would be gracious enough that he, that he would allow me enough years to see um, all my grandchildren grown. Well, I've got um, two 13-year-old thir- uh, twins. Well, they got another five to seven years before they'll be adults. So that gets me somewhere in the, in the early 80s. And maybe it was greedy on my part, but I said to him, well, Lord, you know, I got grand, great-grandchildren now. You know, maybe he would allow me to live long enough to see Ethan as an adult. Well, of course, he's only going to be five in March, so that's, that may be pushing the envelope a little bit, you know. But um, maybe the Lord will grant me that, maybe he won't. But, I mean, the point is, is the fact that we as human beings, we cannot add anything to our life at all. Okay, turn page. Okay, here we are. And why do, you, why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. It's amazing, isn't it? Every spring, you know, we may have four inches of snow out on the side of the house, but the crocus is popping through the snow, okay? Um, then probably, what's the next thing? The daffodils come next. Um, what did I do to help them? I just looked out the window and enjoyed them. Okay? So if, 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 the, if God takes care of the flowers of the field like that, how much more is he going to take care of you? Why worry? Okay? Um, granted, granted, yeah, we put the flowers in the garden and everything like that. I suppose we help God out a little bit. We put some fertilizer on them, and, uh, you know, we kind of push them along a little bit. Probably God doesn't need our help, but anyways, we've we, we got to have some part of it. Um, or we probably, I guess, would feel we're useless or we're not doing anything. But anyways, the point is, is the fact that, that the flowers, they just come up. And it's it's a, it's a, it's amazing um, how in our in our backyard we got this great big huge spruce tree, and Peggy and I look out our our out of the window in, in our dining room, and we could see that in our backyard. I don't know where this come from. Have no clue where that little tree come from. But in the, in the front of our house, underneath the picture window, one day we saw this little sprout of a tree about this high. That thing now is probably 25 to 30 feet tall because I, I, I let it get a little taller. I took it out of there. I put it in a plot, pot for about four or five years. It was in the pot till it got bigger, and then I planted it down in the backyard. Oh, Tom's had to mow around it. Um, when he was mowing my mowing my yard for me, and uh, but you know that's God. That's God. And if He takes care of a little tree like that, how much value, more valuable are you? 
Now, verse 29 is quite interesting. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. And if you know anything about the story of Solomon in the Old Testament, I mean, this guy was a rich dude. In fact, they said if he lived today, he probably might have a chance of being the richest man on earth. That's how much gold, silver, servants, cattle, and everything that he had. I mean, he did not lack for anything. I mean, he built the temple. He built the temple in, in uh, Jerusalem. He built the palace and, and all kinds of things like that. And, uh, but, but he's saying that even Solomon in his splendor was not dressed like one of the, one of those. So if, if, if that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown tomorrow and is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? You have to realize back, in, back in when this was written, uh, they fed the ovens in uh, Palestine with the grass, grass to, to heat them up. And um, so... What it's saying is one day the grass is here and the next day it's burnt to heat the oven in the clay ovens. Because back in Palestine and those in back in Bible days, in Jesus' time, um, pottery, clay pottery was a big um, um, industry, okay? I mean, because obviously everybody needed clay pots to, for their for um, water. And, of course, you know, real in the Middle East, wine was a big was one of the big um, uh, liquids that pay, people drank back then. But anyways, that's where the grass go, goes in there was to heat the ovens to, uh, to, uh, for, the, to, for, the, for the clay. Let's see, where are we? Okay. But I like those last few little four words in that line. You of little faith. I guess if you look at what I said at the beginning about worry and trust, I guess trust and faith can pretty much go together. Um, trust in the Lord, have faith in the Lord. Um, they go together. but you of little faith. How many, how many of us can look at those four words? It might be a commentary on our life. It kind of, when I was studying this, it kind of brought me up a little short. Sometimes I'm wondering how little mine is. But as we go along in our life and as we progress in our walk with the Lord, the little faith should be growing, should be getting a little bit higher all the time. So that by the time you get to my age, instead of having this much, maybe I got this much, you know. But hopefully it's grown. 
you know, hopefully it has grown. It's 31, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what we shall drink, and what we shall wear? If we trust in the Lord, we should not have to worry about any of those items. Now, granted, we live in a day and age where um, we probably need a little bit more than those three. Uh, We live in a climate that it would be pretty hard to spend a winter in a tent, although at our kids' kids church up in Maine, there's a young man that went there, and I know know because I was in his tent in the middle of January. There was snow all around it. And uh, he was living in a tent all winter, and, and Danny was cozy. He had a wood stove in there, and, uh, I mean, it was actually hot in that tent, but I don't think I'd want to live in a tent for the all winter long. But there again, that was an unusual situation. But we should, ha- we, as, as believers, we should trust God to provide all our needs, Okay? It doesn't matter what it is. Um, an example, um, this last summer, um, our old van was had 130,000 miles on it, which is not a lot of miles, but it had uh, possibly some major engine problems. So Peggy and I don't like to buy new cars. So we went down to the local Dodge dealer, and I walked into the I walked into the Dodge dealer, and I walked past all the salesmen. I walked into the office in the corner, and the guy that owns the dealership, you know, I walked into his office. I said, "Bob, we need a car." I guess the salesman said, "Wonder they were wondering who's this guy," but um, I had known him. I had known the owner. We had bought a couple of cars there. Plus, he was big into the Humane Society in Meriden. And uh, I got to know him because we had a dog at the time. And uh, anyways, we uh, somehow God worked it out. We walked out of there with a new car. Um, God has an unusual way of working out details. Because we, like I say, we did not go in there that day expecting to buy a new car. We walked out with a new car. Somehow he worked all the details out. Now it says in verse 32, for the pagans run after all these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. This is where the story of the rich rich fool comes in. He was running, I think, after all the wrong all, all the wrong things. He had enough to start with, and he wanted more. 
But how many people, especially we live in the United States here where, where you know, there's, there's a lot of rich people in the United States. Our president for one of them. Our governor, our new governor for one of them. I understand he t spent $12 million on his uh, campaign of his own, mo own money. Um, so there are people that have a lot of money. But do they understand the last half of that, that sentence? But your Heavenly Father knows you need them. I guess the catch in here is the word need. What, what I suppose, I guess what it is, is to one person what their needs are versus the other person what their needs are can be two different um, situations. But if we're, um, if we're um, fed, which I gained some weight over the holidays, um, I should probably do this. But any, anyways, um, I guess after, after Tuesday, I guess my New Year's resolution will be to lose some weight. But anyways, do I lack? Do you lack? Probably not. But we get to verse 33. But seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. I think the, the little word that's in that sentence right there, that's interesting in there, in that word, in that sentence, is the word given. Given indicates free gift. Okay. That God already knows that you need these things. So he's given them to you. I mean, I don't think there's anybody in here that looks undernourished. Um, um, in in here, so obviously, he's he's given to us very well. So the last last verse it says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has an, enough trouble of its own. So, we get to the end of the verse here. And it's telling us, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. We can also say, therefore, trust the Lord for tomorrow, for tomorrow, if we trust him, will take care of itself. And we haven't lost any sleep. I, I would say, I haven't got any gray hairs, but I got a few of them up here. Um, But each day has enough trouble of its own. So if we, take, if we take care of today, we won't have to worry 
about tomorrow because if, if we trust God for today, we can trust God for tomorrow. Okay, I'm going to ask the praise team to come back and we're going to sing a song. I want to thank you guys for accommodating me for closing with a song this morning.